You're listening to Solutions for Earth, a podcast dedicated to healing the world. I'm your host, Broderick, and today's guest is Kevin Oros. Kevin is a coach, author, speaker, and in this episode, we go into language and story and how powerful it is for the individual and the collective and how it shapes reality and how we can use it to heal reality. Enjoy. Yeah, so my personal journey, I mean, the the long short of it is I was an ordinary man and still am. So if I can go on this mythic journey, um, anyone can. And that's kind of the, the big message behind my story. And I think anyone's story who people are like, wow, it's amazing or whatever. Um, not saying my path is amazing, but I think so, you know. If I can do it, anyone can, because I started in very normal circumstances, born and raised in Texas to a middle-class conservative Catholic family that was, you know, in suburbia. And yeah, basically growing up was very shy, very imaginative, was super into film, literature, got super into gaming, super into sports, um, found myself very alienated from my culture in a lot of ways. How so? Masculine, masculine camaraderie in sports didn't do it for me. What were you going to say? Oh, how so? Like alienated from the culture in, in what way? I mean, just feeling, feeling unmet, feeling, yeah, something was off and kind of just doing, you know, going through the motions to fit in. Right. Yeah. So I went through school as a top student, never really studied, never really, you know, cared for school. Um, was really good at history, English, writing, literature, but everything else to me was just a game, right? It was just a, a way to memorize and, and beat the tests, right? Mm-hmm. So I spent most of my time with my friends in nature. I went all the way through Eagle Scout as a Boy Scout and uh, camped and kayaked and backpacked all over North America. And, you know, that was where I really started to find things I was passionate about and really feel nature and encounter meditation for the first time. Yeah. And basically long story short, I went to the university of Texas, um, started with political science, thought I was going to do law and realized quickly that was not the case. Switched to psychology and philosophy and just fell in love with deep psychology and the works of Carl Jung, Sigmund Freud, um, going deep into Popper you know, Adler, all the, all the greats, William James. Yeah. And at the same time, studied yoga philosophy, was practicing martial arts, went through a devastating breakup where I found out basically my high school sweetheart, who I thought I was going to marry, went to college with me, um, had been cheating on me. And I just was completely uh, um, not prepared for that. You know, we had, I was obsessed with waiting until marriage to have sex because I was super in the Catholic kind of mind control. So this was like super, super devastating and really an identity loss because who I was with her in this codependent kind of toxic dynamic was everything. And then my whole friend group was part of that too. And they all knew that she was unfaithful and, you know, didn't have the courage to tell me. And so that was kind of like a wake up call and really my red pill that sent me into a lot of disillusionment, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, um, started heavily drinking, you know, got a job after college and just was working in a research lab. I thought I was going to get my PhD for grad school in psychology. And that was really stressful and kind of reached this breaking point where yoga, 
martial arts and then my first psychedelic experiences started to like crack me open and question pretty much everything yeah and yeah that's when i decided okay fuck this i'm leaving texas i'm moving to california i got a job at a university there um in santa cruz in the bay area and just went all in right and went to burning man that year wow um, went deep into yoga found qigong and really got into the artistic scene as well in the dance scene, started practicing ecstatic dance. I started um, going to open mics and that's when I first started spoken word and, and hip hop and rap and really just opened up a whole new layer of my being. Yeah. And basically the cycle repeated again, where I got really comfortable, thought grad school was it, got depressed again and just was like, what's going on here? Yeah. And that's when I basically quit the university job was like not going to do grad school and backpack through Asia. And so I just took about a one-way ticket. I did all Southeast Asia, Nepal and India. And that's where I did my yoga teacher training and studied under a sannyasin who was a, a guru who basically was in the Osho tradition. Oh, wow. So I got exposed to that, like the deep Tantra and active meditations combined with like Iyengar, like very strict yoga. And that was a massive awakening, that whole trip. Um, I started writing. I started a blog. I read Tim Ferriss for our work week. Um, became obsessed with being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I started working for a nutrition company and got really into biohacking and basically moved back to LA and founded a lifestyle brand with two friends and started running retreats and workshops all over the world. Yeah. Um, started coaching. And pretty much my life has been a you know a massive journey those, since then. That was eight years ago. So yeah, that's kind of the the long short of it. And inside of that was a lot of different layers, yeah. men's work, tantra, um, you know, relating, communication, um, dating, polarity work, and then a lot of business development, brand development, marketing, sales, how to use video in business, um, how to work with clients to open their voice, to scale and activate their creativity. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of been a tidal wave since then that I've just been writing. Nice. Yeah, that's it really sounds like there's a 180 pivot moment that just, you know what I mean? That's that's really cool to hear. And then the progression after that. Uh, I love that story, by the way. And it's well told. Yeah. Mm, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So like I said, I think uh, really kicking off the rest of the the podcast with this quote. We need myths that identify the individual, not with his local group, but with the planet. Joseph Campbell. What, mm-hmm. what comes up for you? And like, how do you, how would you say we can create those myths? Being the person in my life, I'd say most, you know, speaking of myths frequently. Yeah. I mean, another quote which I was reading today is, you know, myths are, are public dreams mm. and dreams are private myths. Right. Yeah. So, you know, mythology and the work of Joseph Campbell is just a sage and all the Titans he read and still on the shoulders of, I mean, this is the DNA of culture. Yeah. When you talk about culture and civilization, right? Like we have all these rules and regulations and this order and structure and the beautiful civilization we've built based on all that yeah at the root of all of it is mythology yeah so what he's talking about in that quote in my mind is if the culture doesn't have a uniting mythology that helps the individual connect to the whole the collective mm-hmm. then we are in trouble 
And this is kind of the myth of America and America, the American dream, and really the whole Western tradition since Aristotle. So the past 2000 years have kind of been this crazy bender of individualism and the individual kind of disconnected from the whole, which has created a lot of amazing science and technology and a lot of beauty and art. And at this point, you know, here in 2021, you know, pandemic world tyranny, full culture wars in the West, you know, it's creating a lot of mental illness and disconnection. And I think a lot of that is because we don't have a myth anymore. Yeah. Christendom, Christianity used to be a guiding myth for all of Europe and the the West. I'm talking about the West because, you know, we weren't born in in Shanghai or Beijing. You know, there's a whole Eastern side of the world that did it differently. Right. They they still have some myths, even though those myths like the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, they have strong myths that are guiding their culture. I don't know if those are good myths to guide, but they have them. Sure. In the West, you know, our, our, our myths are based on what? Celebrity worship, Hollywood, sports, um, religion has kind of taken a back seat. Now the biggest myth actually right now in this pandemic is science. Mm. So science has become a religious level myth that's guiding people. And technology actually is probably even stronger. So technology yeah. has become the, the big myth that's guiding us. Interesting. And, and it's not necessarily a healthy one. Sure. So how could it become like or equalized? you know, healthily, you know what I mean? Where, how can we bridge? Basically what you're speaking to is, is almost balancing the East and the West and how can we, you know, technology in and of itself can be used for good, like so much good. And how can we create myths that weave healing into, you know, the use of technology, uh, harmonizing with nature, with the earth? Like how do we create those collectively um, and spread them? So they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the big question, and this is what drives a lot of my writing and my content and my thinking. Yeah. Is you know, and basically, this is a dear brother, actually sacred sons. Yeah. Shout out to Darren Silver. Yeah, um, sat in his sweat lodge. Just an epic brother who's a mythologist. Yeah, and basically, a good myth has to answer a few questions. Okay, and this is for the culture and for the individual. The first question is the most important: Who am I? Mm. Second question is, where am I going? Mm. So there's, there's teleology, which means there's a direction and there's a, there's an impetus of purpose. Yeah. And the, the last question is who's coming with me. Right? right. So that's the community. Yep. That's the, that's the, the whole, yeah. right. The civilization. And so the myths out there right now, like, well, what are the answers to those myths? And I'll just speak freely on the negative side to prove a point. Sure. Who am I? Sure. Well, you're a customer, you're a product. You're a worker, you know, you're, you're this, you're that yeah. and capitalism, which I, I don't think is bad. You know, I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I love entrepreneurship. I love business. I'm grateful for capitalism, but also the way it's being practiced, mm. especially by the elite or whatever you want to call most of the wealth on earth is concentrated in a small group of people, which is just a fact. Yeah. You can do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Totally. You know, the way they've, the way they've stewarded wealth has harmed a lot of culture. Yeah. And so that's the first one. Who am I? It's like, well, you're a worker. You're this, you're that. Where am I going? Well, they don't, there's no really, there's no one saying where we're going. That's going into a place that feels good. 
where are we going? We're moving into the metaverse with Mark Zuckerberg or some kind of technocratic panopticon where everything's in surveillance like China right now. Sure. Or we're just moving into endless growth, right? We'll just keep profiting and we'll keep doing Black Friday sales and we'll just keep selling and extracting oil from the earth and we'll just go forever. And it's just, it's such a lie. Yeah. Who's coming with me is, you know, tribalism. Well, we don't like that race. We don't like that religion. And stay with your group. And right. you know, the culture wars have done more dividing, especially from the left or the the radical left, really. Sure. Um, than ever before. Yeah. I'm wondering if you could take those three questions and answer them in the positive, and in, in what we yeah. in what we do want, like cre- exactly. weave that narrative. But that was great because totally. that creates the contrast that we need to like. We need the contrast, right. exactly. Yeah. And this, and, and I think most people don't even think about this, right? And so it's like you have to answer these questions for yourself, right? But we're also talking about a collective myth. So yeah, who are we yeah. on the positive side? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to bring in God. I mean, call it the divine, the sublime, the universal. I mean, we are divine beings. Sure. So we are. There's a spiritual element to who I am. You know, we are not these bodies. We're yeah. not our thoughts. Yeah. We're not our money. We're not our family. Yeah. We're divine beings. So that immediately places us at the center yeah. and creates meaning, right? Yeah. So we are divine beings having a human experience on earth mm. and there's a meaning to it, right? Where are we going? What's the purpose? Well, the purpose, I believe, and I think this is in a lot of the ancient myths and yeah. cultures, we, that's the good news about this. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's mm. all there yeah. in the past yeah. and we can reinvent it here in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, where are we going? Well, we're stewards of the planet. We live on a garden planet where there's abundance. Mm. So the great lie is that there's scarcity. Yeah. Can everyone have diamond rings? No, but there's enough clean air, clean food, air, soil, and water yes. on the whole planet to support every being. Yep. And anyone who says otherwise is lying yeah. because it's just true. Yeah. And now, are we managing resources? Are we distributing them? Well, that's a whole other thing. Right. So where are we going is we're here to steward the planet and bring about mm. a benevolent ecosystem of symbiosis. I love that. Not just with humanity, but with all plants, all animals, all beings. Yeah. And so this is that that's a teleology that we want, right? Yes. And then who's coming with us? Well, everybody. everyone has to come. Everybody. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like the whole planet, we're in it together. Yeah. Like the internet has connected the whole planet. That's the beauty of technology. Yep. So now it's like we have to dissolve the old feuds. And come back into the tribal alliance of the rainbow prophecy, yep. which is all colors, all peoples working together. It doesn't mean we have to become all the same. Right. We can celebrate diversity. Absolutely. But just like the rainforest or you know the coral reef, there's thousands, millions of species, but they're all working and living together. Yeah. Right? And so that's the difference with nature versus humanity. And that's the difference between you know, a teleology that leads into darkness versus one that we can be hopeful and optimistic about. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. So how important, how important are the impact of the words, stories, and narratives we use in our lives? And can you give us an amazing like story and example of this either in your life or someone's life that you know specifically? Yeah, I mean, stories is super important. Words are powerful. Yeah. Words are magic. They're spells. And this isn't even woo-woo. This is on a deep subconscious level. Neuroscience has proven that the language we use, right? Mm-hmm. Not even what we speak, but what we think, because thought is silent language. Mm. 
is literally reprogramming our epigenetics and our cells Ooh. and our body and our stress levels, Pre- our nervous system. Yeah. It's literal. Literal. And you can look this stuff up. Yeah. So that's how powerful words are. Yes. So how much more powerful are stories, right? Mm. And the most powerful stories are stories of the hero's journey, mm. which is the individual overcoming obstacles, dying to oneself and returning to the collective to revivify and renew with new life, new information, new creativity. So one of the greatest stories that I'm obsessed with right now, and I think we're in an echo of it, actually astrologically, if you follow the the clock of the universe, the planets, Mm -hmm. we're in an echo of it, and we have been for a while, is the Renaissance, right? Okay. The Renaissance was a time in Europe when we had the dark ages, we had war, famine, we had the church suppressing and, and limiting things. And then the artists, the mystics, the poets, the scientists had a flourishing underground at first, but then the rich and the powerful families started to support them with patronage and, and, and help them lift us up like the printing press. Now people yeah. can, everyone can read books. Yeah. The idea of perspective and art and sculpture. Now everyone can enjoy beauty and let's make this beauty larger architecture, um, science and technology, the way to create crops and abundance, the mm. way to create banking and store value and create commerce and merchant trade. You know, all this happened in the Renaissance and this is a story of human potential. Yeah. This is a story of beauty. Yeah. So the three principles that are contained in the Renaissance, which are, they borrowed from the Greeks, yeah. which the Greeks borrowed from the Egyptians. It's the Egyptian, you know, it goes all the way back. Sure. Is worship of the good, the true and the beautiful. Mm. So these are the core elements of a good story yeah. is the worship which worship doesn't mean you have to like pray to it. Worship means the celebration and the giving of oneself and one's full attention mm. to something. Yeah. When you aim at the good, the true, and the beautiful, you're going to have a good story. I love that. That's so true. Um, could you just like walk us through the hero's journey and why, why you think it's the most important and like the elements of that? Because you did touch on it a little bit, but there's, there's more. Yeah, I mean, the hero's journey is the core story behind all stories. So okay. it's the DNA. And this was Joseph Campbell's masterwork, is yeah. discovering this. And Well, not discovering. He discovered and elaborated it. It already existed. Yeah, he articulated um, it. Yeah. The hero's journey is essentially a three-act cycle that we all live in our lives. Civilizations live it. Relationships live it. Yeah. Everything. Cultures, families. Interesting. Yeah. So it starts with the initiation or the call to adventure. You're living a normal life. You're called into an extraordinary life. So something happens, a death in the family, you travel, you're called into a ceremony, you fast and, you know, something happens and you leave the ordinary world. And basically you meet mentors and you encounter allies and enemies. There's trials, there's magical items or powers that come to you and you go into the underworld. So you leave the known world and you go into the underworld, which could be your own mind or heart. It could be the outer world. And there you face the dragon, the demon, the atonement with the father, the atonement with the mother. And you find yourself in the abyss. And this is where death and resurrection happen. Mm. Death of the ego, the death of the self, the death of the old life. Yeah. There you go through that intense experience, but then you come out with the elixir. You come out with new insight. You come out with a new experience. You may be scarred. You may be changed, but then you're resurrected and you start the return home. Mm. So you have to leave the, the underworld or 
leave the unknown world and then return all the way back to the known world. And then there's trials and enemies and allies on your way back mm. and you're changed. You're yeah. back where you started in the village, right. but you're changed forever. Yeah. And this is the, this is the cycle that stories take all of Shakespeare, all of, all of Hollywood, all literature. Yeah. This is the story of renewal of the human spirit, basically. I love that. I'm so curious of like how, because it's so baked into the collective and I'm wondering why, like, why is it that pattern? You know what I mean? If we're looking out into nature, how can we see that pattern in nature? You know what I mean? Because we're nature. And so there's some sort of semblance and uh, pattern there. Yeah, we are nature. So yeah. I mean, look at the seasons. Yeah. It's the that- trees are going through the hero's journey. Yeah. Death and rebirth, death and rebirth. Yeah. And, you know, Animals do this, migratory patterns, you know, the salmon run, the, the wildebeest, the gazelles, the buffalo, they, they migrate and they go through the seasons, the birds. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a physical journey that's following the cycle of nature, yeah. but it's also an inner journey because members of that species will die or like, you know, even plants when their seeds are carried by the wind. Yeah. This is that. It's, it's all a fractal, right? Boom. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. What are 10 words, given the topic of this conversation, healing, collective stories, what are 10 words you would recommend to everyone to repeat almost like mantras? Mm, I'm starting to to weave those 10 words. The first ones that come up are regenesis, renaissance, creativity, prosperity, abundance, passion, desire, Mm. symbiosis, coherence and benevolence. I love that. Those are 10. I love that. I love that. Okay. So this is a really interesting one. What do you think is more important, the word or the intention and the energy behind the word? It depends. It does. They're both important. Right. It it, it depends on the situation. Sometimes intentions, Mm -hmm. everything and the words don't matter. Yeah. Sometimes the words really matter. Yeah. Could you give an example? Well, you can say a, a, a brutal or like shocking word, right? Like fuck, right? But your intention can be powerful and actually needed in that moment, right? Okay, yeah. And on the other side, you can have really good intentions, yeah, but you can use the wrong words and actually hurt someone. Mm. So, th- and it's kind of hard to imagine that, you know, in 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 like a abstract way. But we do this all the time in our relationships, right? Sure. Yeah. Is it, is it Aristotle with the golden mean? It's like the right word at the right time for the right reason. It's just like the, mm-hmm. it's kind of what you're the, exactly. the, the fusion of the intention and the word. Right. Okay. That's the, That's the ideal. So, and this kind of leads to the next question. How aware do you think most people are of the words that they're using and of the, the world that they're creating? I mean, I think a lot of people are, needing more awareness, right? Including myself. Sure. Because a lot of us are in a hypnosis. We're just repeating the words we already know and we're repeating what we remember and what we've heard. And, you know, mm-hmm. and culture is always programming us, right? Right. Technology, other people always trying to program us. Yeah. So taking a step back and tuning in with what you actually want to speak or say or think, mm-hmm. most of your words are thinking. Yeah. So that's extremely important. I think most people could do 
more awareness of the self and improve their language. Yeah. So as conscious creators, like how can we program culture and like what are the most effective methods of like marketing, speaking those things into the world? Because we do have a lot of power as individuals to affect the culture. And I just want to like speak into that. And then what are the tools that people can be using? Obviously social media being one, but what are like the what are all the tools you would suggest to people to like program culture in their own in their own way and weave those narratives. Yeah, I mean, I'll borrow from Terrence McKenna here, one of the greats on this, mm -hmm. is create your own culture. Yeah. So if you if you don't have your own culture, sure. And culture is just it's just a word that means your pattern, right? It's just your pattern. You have to create your own. Because yeah. if you don't have your own culture, then culture will give one to you. Mm -hmm. So creating your own patterns, your own rhythms, rituals, behaviors, ways of speaking, ways of feeling, ways of expressing yeah. that feel good to you. They're yeah. not going to feel good to someone else because they're not going to have to live your life. You are. Right. So if you have a really strong self-culture, mm. which maybe I'm on the extreme of this, like a lot of people think I'm weird or quirky or like, and I've always been that way. Maybe it's the Aquarius moon. I just, I very much own my uniqueness yep. and that's my culture. And then I can Same. bring people into that and share it. And then I plug in with other cultures. Yeah. Um, my culture also plays well with others. So yeah. that's the thing. It's like, you want to create your own pattern of language and a feeling and a behavior yeah. that work for you, but also work for everyone. Right. That's, the, that's the challenge. Mm, yeah. And if everybody had that in the world, we're all celebrating that diversity and interplaying. Exactly. Yeah. What would that be like? Okay. Um, <clears throat> this question's interesting and you kind of spoke to it earlier, but like thoughts and things, but like telepathy. And because uh -huh. you're saying thoughts, the things we think and the words we use are just thought patterns, just what comes up for you when I say telepathy? I mean, we're using telepathy right now. Yeah. I'm thinking something. I say it, you hear it. You can hear my thoughts. Yeah. I'm hearing your thoughts as you speak, right? It's just audio telepathy. Sure. Uh, we, could, we could also do telepathy where we don't speak. That's what I'm thinking about. And then it instantly transmits, which is real. I mean, yeah. If you've had experiences with a beloved or a close friend or in a ceremony, this happens. Yeah. Now, will we all become telepathic? I think we already are. Yeah. It's just you just have to you have to cultivate it. It's like a deeper level of awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else? What else are we like within this context that we've created? What else is like very relevant and important and powerful to speak to? I mean, what's really relevant is, you know, taking power back or taking authority back. So most of the issues that we're facing right now, whether it be climate change or wealth transfer or culture wars or politics not working for us, yeah. that's all happening because people have given all their energy to it. Mm, yeah. We've, we've given like, like this whole idea of we are the 99%. It's true. You yeah. know, I don't think the Occupy Wall Street, you know, I think it's great that they did that, but you know, obviously nothing has really happened since then right. per se, but that's true. Yeah. If we stop participating in these systems, they're fucked. They need us. Right. Crypto is a great example. Blockchain technology is, is the end of the banking corruption Yeah. because the decentralization and taking wealth into the hands of the individual. You are your own bank. You can create systems and networks with your friends 
and transfer currency without a middleman, without having to pay fees, using the, the currency and tokens the way you want it, storing value. It's all just value. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah. You can do this with food. Stop shopping and buying food from Monsanto that's genetically modified and toxic. Just yeah. stop buying it. Yeah. And then they're, they're fucked. They need you to buy it. Right? Right. Stop voting and participating in politics that are corrupt or not doing what you want. Just complaining about it. It's like, go to your local government, go to your community, start your own, Yeah. start your own forum and do it. Wow. Like, this is the thing. Like a lot of people mm. are afraid of what happens when they let go of mommy and daddy taking care of them, yeah. aka the government, the church, whatever. Yeah. And so it's really like humanity is just growing up. Yeah. Like as a species, we're kind of leaving mom's base. Yeah. Nice. So it's almost like what you resist persists. So it's like everyone's putting energy into this. They're complaining about it, but but they're actually adding energy to it in the process. How does everybody become aware? of that dynamic that like fundamental truth of reality it's a big one it's happening naturally it is a big one this is happening naturally it's accelerating right now really fast i think it's going to keep accelerating i think this decade is going to be insane it's like it's going to be the most in the 2020s will be remembered as like the most insane decade of in humanity sure until now until there's another one yeah like it already is and we're only one year in mm-hmm. um the only way to figure this out is inside yourself. It's an inside job. There's nothing or in nothing or no one that can do it for you. Yeah. So it just comes back to spending time in nature, asking questions, spending time with loved ones and mm-hmm. doing self-reflection, which nobody really wants to do, right? Because then you have to do it. You are responsible, but that's the truth. Mm, so the responsibility is on everybody. So everybody has to be their These- own, their own leader. Okay. Yeah. And then once you once you're self-led, then you can join with others in leadership and share leadership. And that's kind of the council or the or the village model. That's really powerful. Yeah. That's what we need. It's Dunbar's number. Sure. We need super tribes to form of 250 people that are really connected. And then those tribes to form connections with other tribes. And then we form this. That's nature's way. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get 300 million people to think the same thing. It's impossible. <laughs> I mean, that's what propaganda's for. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, okay, this is a question. So Burning Man, I haven't been, but you have. The and it's obviously evolved and grown a lot since then, but the wh- how would you say that like setup and the thousands of people that are there plays into kind of like this tribal world that you're talking about that is, you know, we're headed to. Yeah, I mean, Burning Man is amazing. I've been three times, assuming that the COVID bullshit changes. Sure. Um, I'd love to go back. Yeah. Um, the thing Burning Man does really well is radical self-reliance. Mm. So people yeah. show up in the desert yeah. with no, you know, there's no bathroom set up. There's no electricity. And they bring everything in and yeah. set up an entire city for a week. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they're also hedonistic and they're very tribal and pagan and how they celebrate. But at the same time, what they're actually doing is amazing. It's decentralized. Yeah. Like the Burning Man company doesn't do everything. They set up a post office, they set up a radio and they set up some basic 
um, things at center camp. So they just kind of hold the pulse, but all the camps and the other people are decentralized. They're right. all tribes and they work together. Yeah. And everyone has codes and ethics of how to react to each other, right. respond to each other. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, yeah. you can say it's wasteful or it's a party culture. And a lot of that, some of that's true, but at the core, the core principles are just decentralized, radical self-reliance and creating your own culture. Mm, everything we just we need more of yeah everything we just spoke to that's awesome so how does that okay this you're saying like that is nature's way is like that decentralized and uh stefan actually spoke to this too of like the ways that bees um function you know if they have like just this small amount of time to figure things out they have to leave the bees all go they go find another place to like be ironically Mm -hmm. and then they come back and then they do a dance and depending on the like the vigorousness or like the you know pleasantness of the dance they're all like okay that be and then they all go do that and it's a like a democratic decentralized decision-making system that just works um and so i guess that's like one parallel of like kind of what we're speaking of you know that's happening at burning man what would be like another example Yeah, I mean, another example is just culture itself and media, right? So in music and art and film, like Mm. right now, Dune, like I love Dune. I'm obsessed with it. I think it's an amazing film that's out right now. I I recommend people see it. Yeah, That's a cultural phenomenon, right? So the the writer of that, the author and the director of the film, you know, they are doing a dance that's really powerful. Yeah, A lot of people are being affected by it and it's, bringing things up and it makes you think and it's entertaining and it's cathartic and it's potent. Sure. It's it's mythical. Yeah. So art and media are the major ways that this can happen on a mass scale. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think let's go to the final five questions. Kevin, what is your personal heart centered vision for a more beautiful world? I mean, my personal vision is we return to smart tribal villages, not smart cities like China, but smart as in melding technology with nature in a beautiful mm, way. Yeah. And this means, you know, Shungai tungsten positive EMFs using Tesla zero point technology with permaculture and water purification and, you know, happy bees and, and animals and plants and people all that living together. Yeah. All that. We still have, to, but we're combining it with nature and this is, you know, possible. Now, it's once we have that, we're just spending our time, not toiling and working and slaving. Yeah. We're creating art. We're creating beauty. We still get everything done. We're still wealthy. We're still prosperous. Yeah. But the focus is on beauty, is on truth, mm. is on the good, right? Those yep. principles. And I think small groups of people will self-organize. They already are. Mm-hmm. We'll do this first. Yeah. Um, more and more people will grow tired of Babylon and the sickness in big cities and in the in the old ways. And yep. they'll start to move in this direction. I love that. I love that. Okay. Do you feel as though you're living your soul's purpose, but more importantly, how do you know so that others might hear that and like, okay, this is it. I mean, I I believe I am and I know there's a lot more to live, which haunts me sometimes. Um, 
And the way is that I feel alignment and only, you know, what alignment feels like for you. For me, it feels like I'm excited. I'm desiring to connect, to share, to add value, to give. And I'm excited to, to work. Right. It's play for me. Yeah. The thing that comes easiest to you demands the most value. Mm. And when you really do what you love, it will look like play to others. Yeah. It will look like play to you, but it'll look like work to others and you will be abundant. I love that. That's really great. Okay. So what guidance would you give to someone who wants to expand on what you've created in the world? Yeah. I mean, the guidance is again, Joseph Campbell, it's follow your bliss. Mm. So the things you're interested in matter. And if you go all in on them and become the best at them, you can get paid. So if you're working a job you hate, if you're in a relationship you hate, it's time to get a move on. I love that. Okay. So when Soul Garden is complete, will you come share your magic? 100%. Let's go. I love it. All right, Kevin, the final question. What's your favorite love song? (laughs) My favorite love song? Exactly. Oh, I I have a whole lover's playlist on Spotify. I mean, I don't have a favorite one that comes to mind. The first one that came to mind, the first artist is Ambion. Ambion. Check out Ambion on Spotify. Okay. And go listen to like, you know, last breath desire loss there's a bunch of like it's super deep like down tempo bass loving music oh i love that awesome kevin i really appreciate you and thank you so much for being here and i'll talk with you soon thanks brother appreciate you okay bye as always thank you for listening i want to say that I'm very excited for the next guest, last guest for the collective healing portion, and she is another local doctor who's very excited about the project, and so another ally, and she's absolutely doing transformational work, so I'm excited to share that with you in a couple weeks. Also, we've raised over $2,000 at this point, and we're raising $60 before, before spring is the goal, well before. And if you feel called to support, you can go to soulgardenhealingcenter.com slash you and give whatever feels amazing. Thank you. Sending you all love.